This episode of The Witch Wave is brought to you by Blessed Be Magic. Blessed Be Magic is a jewelry brand for the modern witch, creating subtle and tasteful talisman jewelry to remind you of your magic. You're a modern witch living in the real world. And maybe it's not that your lifestyle is a secret, it's just that you're not exactly flying around on a broomstick wearing a pointy hat. And you are not alone. It can be hard to find subtle, witchy jewelry that you feel comfortable wearing every day. But that's why Blessed Be Magic was born. With over 700 five-star reviews, these tasteful talismans are designed to be worn with your existing jewelry collection or on their own. The beauty is, Blessed Be Magic jewelry won't draw unnecessary attention to your secret beliefs. Plus, you'll get to wear a constant reminder of your magic every day. Visit them at www.blessedbemagic.com, and magic is spelled with a C-K at the end, and use code WITCHWAVE for 15% off your first order. Check out Blessed Be Magic's modern take on classic magical symbols such as the Triple Goddess and Pentacle in their minimalist jewelry that you can wear every day, anywhere. Again, visit them at www.blessedbemagic.com, that's magic with a C-K, and use code WITCHWAVE for 15% off your first order. This episode of The Witch Wave is brought to you by the Viridus Genii Symposium, which is devoted to all things plant magic. Each year, the Viridus Genii Symposium brings a diverse group of presenters together to share their unique wisdom and experiences from a wide variety of ethnobotanical practices. Join them for the second Verdant Virtual Worldwide Retreat, which is also their seventh annual one, hosting lectures and hands-on workshops about the ethnobotany of plant magic. This year's event will be held in the virtual realms on September 23rd, 24th, and 25th, and tickets are on sale now. So visit their website at viridisgeni.com. Let me spell that for you. That's V-I-R-I-D-I-S-G-E-N-I-I. Dot com and view this year's amazing lineup and grab your tickets. Boundaries are everyday spells. They help us feel safe and be our authentic selves. Learn how to make boundary magic with Sarah Faith Godestiner's six-week online course, Better Boundaries. Together, you'll explore intrinsic boundaries, the nervous system and how to regulate it, attachment styles, energetic hygiene, communication, boundaries for business babes, and more. Practical ways to be proactive about self-advocacy will also be covered so that you can have more time and energy. Better Boundaries is designed with highly sensitives and intuitives in mind. Enrollment for this online course closes on May 13th or whenever capacity is reached. 
and Witchwave listeners can take $30 off enrollment with the code BBWITCH until May 11th. That's code BBWITCH. Learn more about the Better Boundaries online course at modernwomenprojects.com. That's modernwomenprojects.com. The world is filled with bewitching people, and you might be one too. Welcome to the podcast where art is magic, magic is real, and reality is stranger than dreams. I'm Pam Grossman, and this is The Witch Wave. Hello and welcome to the Witch Wave. Whether or not you consider yourself a witch, there is a good chance that you've dressed like a wicked one at some point in your life, as witches continue to be the number one Halloween costume each year, according to the National Retail Federation. Now, maybe you just wear a lot of black and like to rock gothy jewelry in the shape of bones, daggers, or poisonous plants. But whatever shape your Wicked Witch takes, there's something powerful that happens when we embody the shadowy side of this archetype. My personal theory is that it's a means of doing apotropaic magic or protective magic, that by dressing up like something scary, we take on its power and feel stronger and safer. Donning a Wicked Witch's wardrobe can be a form of escapism or fantasy, sure, but it can also be a kind of armor. And certainly the tradition of dressing up like ghouls or witches on Halloween or Walpurgisnacht is born of this intent, too. People believed that the veil being thin between worlds at these times meant that mischievous or downright spooky creatures could slip through and cause trouble. And so by dressing like these beings, they would leave you alone because they would think that you were one of them, or maybe they were just scared silly themselves. But dressing up like a wicked witch is also fun. There's a reason that Oz's Wicked Witch of the West is such an iconic character. Because she is having a motherfucking ball. She cackles and crows and is a symbol of shameless desire. And she flies. So I can only imagine what it must be like to become her every single day as part of one's job. 
But that is exactly what today's guest, Lindsay Heather Pierce, gets to do, as she is the current star of the Broadway musical Wicked. And I'll just add that after we recorded this, I learned that Lindsay's birthday is April 30th, which, as you may know, is Walpurgisnacht, also known as Hexennacht or Witch's Night. So to say that she was born to play a witch is no hyperbole. On this episode, Lindsay talks to me all about the magic she's experienced becoming Wicked's Elphaba on stage and in the years leading up to her manifestation of this wickedly wonderful role. But before we get to that, first let's check and see what's come through on The Witch Wire. Who is it? Witches! Rachel writes, Hi Pam, I absolutely love your show. I'm hoping some of your insightful advice will help my situation. I'm a green witch who has loved traditional herbal medicine for years now, but until recently have practiced more or less solitarily. When I found out that there was such a strong anti-vax movement within the herbal community, I was saddened, but ultimately I wasn't affected. With COVID, however, I've noticed that my local herbal apothecary has been strongly and vocally anti-mask, anti-vax, and has refused to adhere to safe practices over the last two years. I am devastated. We all practice the city's guidelines so that everyone can go out safely. This hits even closer to home as I am going through a major health event and I have loved ones who are high risk. So my question is, do I cut ties with my local stores since I no longer feel safe or welcome in those spaces? Do you have any recommendations for other stores that cater to herbal medicines without disregarding modern science? Or do I just suck it up and continue ordering online, which means they'll have my money, but I won't have to interact with them? Thank you. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for this question. I know this is such a complex topic in our community right now. And I really think you just need to trust your instincts on this because there is truly no right answer here. And I promise that if you asked 10 people, you're going to get 10 different responses. But you asked me, so as for me, I'll say this. My teacher is a green witch, and I apprenticed with her for several years, and so I'm deeply connected to the magical herbalism community. And several of my dear friends are not vaccinated for various reasons. Now, as I've said on this podcast, I myself am very happily and very gratefully triple vaxxed, and I've encouraged the people in my life to be vaccinated also. And I do think that science and magic are absolutely compatible. 
And that's my point of view. But I did not cut ties with the people I adore who have a different point of view. Because I care about them and love them and respect them. And we just happen to not see eye to eye on this issue. But what I have done is modified how I spend time with them. I make sure to see them outside or indoors with good ventilation and everyone wearing masks, and they're clear on my comfort level, and they also love and care about and respect me, and so we don't have a whole debate about it. We accept each other, and we meet each other where we are. This only works, however, because we have that mutual respect. So, I don't know how hostile your local shop is being regarding their stance. Because they can shout it from the rooftops, but that doesn't mean they're being terrible human beings. Now, I don't love that they didn't adhere to guidelines when such things were being consistently enforced, and I would have been turned off by that too. But they are allowed to be anti-vax. I don't personally love it, but as long as they aren't being bullying or shaming to other folks, you know, it is their right and their opinion. And, of course, we can't control other people. We can only control what we do. And on that note, as you say, you have your own health concerns and you have high-risk loved ones. So I don't blame you for maybe not wanting to go inside the shop anymore or in other spaces that feel risky to you and your close circle. As for cutting off ties with this shop entirely, I think you just have to weigh the convenience of it and any other positive elements about them versus how it makes you feel on this issue. And if there's enough good about the shop, then yeah, I think ordering online from them is fine because that solves the issue of you having to physically interact with them in their space. But if you feel strongly that these folks are causing you harm or that they are just assholes who you don't want to support anymore, then by all means, take your business elsewhere. I don't know offhand the pro-vax or anti-vax stances of other herbal supply companies, but maybe not knowing is good enough for you as long as they aren't trying to actively persuade or dissuade people one way or another. The choice here is yours, but whatever you decide, know that there's no perfect answer here. All you can do is trust your gut and your good, green, witchy self. Now, on to my guest. Lindsay Heather Pierce is an actress and singer who is currently starring as Elphaba in the hit Broadway musical Wicked. My future is unlimited, and I just had a vision almost like a prophecy. I know it sounds truly crazy. True, the vision's hazy, but I swear someday they'll be 
a celebration throughout Oz. That's all to do. Lindsay was also one of the runners-up on The Glee Project, which gave her a guest-starring role on the TV show Glee. She has since been in productions of everything from Spring Awakening to American Idiot, and in February 2020, she made her Broadway debut in Wicked, which she'll be in through the end of this month, May 2022. It was also just announced that she'll be moving on to star in the touring production of Mean Girls, so keep an eye out for that as well. Lindsay was born in Modesto, California, and she joined me from her home in New York City via Zoom. Lindsay Heather Pierce, welcome to the Witch Wave. I cannot tell you what it means to be on this podcast. I love this show. Oh my god. I think I've been listening to you since maybe 2018. What? So yeah. you are an OG Witch Wave listener. I'm so yeah. honored. My mind is really blown by that. I'm not kidding. When you followed me on Instagram, I was like, I've made it. This is it. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> Likewise, I'm sure. Well, thank you so much. And I'm genuinely curious, what made you gravitate to this content and this show? Was that before you were even playing this amazing role? Yes. 2018 was a really big year for me as a human, as a female, specifically as a woman. I got sober in 2018. I began traveling around the world on a luxury cruise line singing, and I was getting out of a really tumultuous, painful relationship. And all of my input, all of the things that I was consuming was leveling up as a woman or leaning into the power of my femininity and leaning into the power of who I truly was and healing. And it was suggested to me on Apple Podcasts. And I was like, ooh, the witch wave, what is that? And I listened and it was your voice. Your voice was just so great. You need to understand, I was in the middle of the most unbelievable place. I was in Thailand. I was in Indonesia. I was in Bali. I was, you know, I was deep in Australia and you would have to leave the ship to get internet to download your podcasts or your Netflix shows or whatever it was. And it was always the witch wave. You were eat, pray, loving with me (laughs) in my mind. (laughs) And it was so amazing to hear different perspectives. You don't just have women guests. It was so interesting to hear everyone's approach to life and approach to their healing or their curiosity or their interests, their religious pursuits, their spirituality, their practices. 
And I'm not a practicing witch myself, but it was really amazing to lean into that connected energy, if that makes any yes, sense. Yes. Well, I am so flattered. Thank you so much. I love the idea of us floating around together on the open seas. Yeah. And it's also pretty amazing considering who you then are embodying. Oh, my goodness. So let me tell you my quick journey with Wicked or quickly mm-hmm. tell you about my long journey with Wicked more appropriately. I fell in love with Gregory Maguire's book. I think I was in high school when it first came out. And when the show opened with the original cast, I was like right there. I got to see Adina and Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. Amazing. This show, of course, means so much to me. And just the notion for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what Wicked is about. And I can't imagine that anybody is falling into that category. But just in case, it's a much more sympathetic storytelling about the Wicked Witch of the West. Is there anything you want to add? How do you describe the show? The show is always marketed as what happened before Dorothy dropped in. Mm -hmm. It is an earnest, empathetic, and sympathetic view of how this woman became what she is. And it's not just the green one. It's also, are you a good witch or a bad witch? It's both of them, how Mm -hmm. they became to be what they are. And I love an origin story. (laughs) Yes, I think it's also a really human thing and a really important thing to know where people have come from and why they are what they are. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, does the show do that? Oh, my God. Absolutely. And for anyone who maybe hasn't read the book or seen the show, I just want to prepare people that it's pretty radical. Mm -hmm. Your character, Alphaba, she is an activist, essentially. She is defending the animals, the capital A animals, who are animal-human hybrids that can speak, if I'm remembering correctly. And that sympathy and her feeling like an outsider with her green skin, that really is the driving action of the show, as I recall. Is that how you think about it, too? Yeah, I do. The thing that's amazing about the show is I love that you said capital A animals, because if you've read the book and or know Wicked, the show or the entity that is the story of Wicked, animals didn't walk on all fours and weren't food in this story until Mm -hmm. the great drought. It's even a line in the show. People grew hungrier and angrier. And the question became, whom can we blame? Does anyone know what the term scapegoat means? Mm. I mean, it's incredible. Winnie Holtzman, come on, but also Gregory Maguire. I mean, that's why the show is still so topical today, because you can plug in any current event issue or any very specific nuanced issue, and we could be talking about any of it. We could be talking about all of it. She is an activist. She's the driving force that moves the show along. And not to spoil anything, but we all know the Wicked Witch of the West and her monkeys. Yes. That is a huge turning point from act one into act two, Mm -hmm. the monkeys and how they get their wings and betrayal. And it's, oh man, I could cry just thinking about it. Oh, she goes through so much. Yeah. But so does everybody else in the show. They just don't realize that they're going through it because they're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes. Yes. I'm so moved by the notion of her being this marginalized person and therefore having this sympathy for other marginalized beings, we'll call them. Because the history of witches, as we know, and the archetype of the witch is one of the outsider, Mm -hmm. the marginalized, whether because of misogyny or because of some kind of religious bigotry. 
or some kind of bias against Mm -hmm. sexuality, so on and so forth. I mean, I'm someone who comes from a long line of Jewish people. Any story about people who are oppressed Mm -hmm. and scapegoated, to use your word, and then who use that to shift themselves into a position of self-empowerment and using their own pain to then uplift other people is always really appealing to me. I think it's one of the main reasons I love witches so much. I would love to hear more about what it's like for you to embody this archetype. I mean, I talk about that a lot, but you literally embody her. You are painted green and flying every night and sometimes afternoons as well. (laughs) What is that like? I mean, such a broad question, but I just love to hear you riff on that. Oh, gosh. I actually had a friend and her husband come and see the show. I think it was on Tuesday of this week, and they were high school and college friends of mine. We did community theater and all kinds of stuff together. And they're both artists as well. And Marilyn gave me a hug and she went, you are a witch. And I was like, I'm not a practitioner. And she was like, no, but you're a witch. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) It's like you were born to be doing this. Listen, do I come from a long line of Celtic druids? Of course I do. I'm Celtic (laughs) as hell. But the idea of conjuring that every night, and that's what I refer to it as, is conjuring. You know, I try to keep it light. The building is an intense place to work as an alphabet because you're hated for three hours on mm, stage. Mm. The experience of playing alphabet is ostracizing in and of itself, not because like anyone's like specifically like horrible to me or anything like that. The people in the building are lovely, but the half hour call happens and I sit in the chair and I get my pin curls done and I get green. Mm-hmm. I don't get to get up and have a snack and walk around and say hi to people. I sit my butt in that chair and I become her. And then At intermission, I sit my butt in that chair again and I become her a little more. The wig gets changed. I get greener. There's a line where she says, will the beautiful get more beautiful while the green just get greener, Mm. which I love. I love the idea that she gets greener as her power grows. Mm -hmm. She's embracing what makes her different. Obviously, the role is iconic. I mean, you saw the original. It's unbelievable. The story is incredible. It's historical. It's gargantuan. And it's in its impact on not only pop culture, but musicals, Mm -hmm. what the face of musical theater was and now what it is now. Mm -hmm. But to be Elphaba, she's beloved by so many people, including myself. And there's definitely a responsibility that you feel as an artist and as a performer to do right by her and by the story and by yourself, but also to give the people what they came to see. Sure. And that can be intense. Eight shows a week is not easy. And sometimes I really only can do six or seven. I won't even be egotistical. It's one of the hardest roles ever, Mm. not just as a singing, but shouting and she's running and we're in these like 30 pound costumes and the stage is at an incline. So you really have to dig really deep and also keep it light. I am such a goofball backstage because I know the weight of Alphabelle will drag me under. And it's not her fault. It is just a huge undertaking. Yes. Can I ask you just like the annoying questions that everyone probably asks you all the time? Oh, absolutely. I need to know about the green makeup. I need to know how long it takes. How does it not come off all over people? How do you get it off? And I'm interested not just because I'm nosy, although that too, but also because you come from this lineage of like Margaret Hamilton in The Wizard of Oz and her famously getting that green makeup on. And I write about this in my book that that green makeup was toxic. Mm -hmm. She just only take her lunch through a straw. It's very physical. You have your color changed, right? So what can you share about the makeup process? First of all, let's all hail Margaret Hamilton. Mm -hmm. If and when you come to see Wicked, I sneak in a couple little Margaret Hamilton things, which don't tell Wicked I do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
but I do. I have to because it's just it's her. The fact that they had to make her so hideous mm. to be in both of the characters that she played. Yes. And she's incredible and quiet and loving and stunning and unbelievable. And she could just that line when she melts and she says, how could such a young thing destroy my beautiful wickedness? Oh, yes. yes, oh, yes. It makes yes. me want to cry. It's just yes. so beautiful. My beautiful like, wickedness. My yeah. beautiful wickedness. And she's like, oh, what a world I'm melting. I will never forget that. And I think my beautiful wickedness, just unreal. But the green makeup, to go back to your question, so half hour gets called. So if it's a 7 p.m. show, half hour will be 6.30. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to be in the building. Everybody has to be signed in. I will be already in my underdress, which is like the tights, my knee pads, my shoes, my underwear, my mic pack thong. It's very glamorous. Mm. I have a thong that has mic packs sewn onto the back. It's gorgeous. And then we have a bodysuit that is green. It's like Mm -hmm. a mesh that goes over your thumb, kind of like a fingerless glove. Mm -hmm. And I sit with that not on, just draped around me. I put on a base layer of essentially my own skin color and my wig supervisor will pin curl my hair. She'll do my wig prep, put my hair in the wig cap and then send my makeup artist in because it's a little different with COVID now. Mm. Usually everybody would just kind of start working at the same time. But Krista, my makeup supervisor will come in and she starts at about 6.40, maybe a couple minutes before. And it starts out, it's painting. You're being painted green. You have these really soft Japanese kabuki theater brushes. And they're not kabuki brushes. They're called something else. And I can't remember the name of them, but they're unbelievably soft. Mm. It kind of feels like you're pulling like a cashmere blanket over your face. It's really relaxing. It's like lymphatic drainage. It's kind of <sighs> phenomenal. Ah. It's like the calm before the storm. And it is a water-based paint. It's like being watercolored. Mm. It's a product by MAC called Landscape, and it already existed. It's what's been used on all the girls for almost 20 years. And it's literally painted all over me, in my ears, my, we call it the bib. It goes right under the clavicle and around like a literal like baby bib. And then she goes in with a thick, it's almost like a concealer stick. It's by Creolon, Creolon, Mm -hmm. and it's bright green. And that is a new thing that they've added that just kind of completely beats the face, as Mm -hmm. they would say. Mm -hmm. And then all of that gets baked. So just tons of Ben Nye, just white translucent powder. I mean, it's almost like the most incredible drag makeup, which I think is perfect for the role. Yes, absolutely. And then the features get drawn on. So the palette is a black eyeshadow, a purple eyeshadow, a darker green eyeshadow, And then kind of this almost like white pearlescent eyeshadow for highlighting Mm -hmm. just for the brow bone and the inner corners. And you just basically get your features drawn back on and your eyebrows on and your contour. Yes. It's a green kiwi colored lip liner. It's like an eyeliner for the first act. And then everything gets a little darker. We get a false eyelash. We get a really smoky eye. Yes. The eyebrows get longer. Oof. She gets more wicked. Yes. In the second act. And then once that's done, my hands will get painted last and then I get into everything. Amazing. Before we talk about you taking the makeup off, I just have to say I'm so relieved to hear you say that it feels like cashmere and it's soft and rather pleasant (laughs) because I've heard so many horror stories of actors who've had to do full body makeup and how intense and uncomfortable it can be. So I'm so thrilled it's not a bad experience for you. I think the experience of getting it on, it's relaxing and for anyone who's listening that's ever done like TV and film or has done anything where they have to be made up professionally for pictures or whatever. It's kind of like a time to gab and warm up and chat and we're creating memories in there. And we have amazing inside jokes that we do every single day. Like it's routine. It's the keeping the makeup on. That's (laughs) that's the hard part. If you're sweating, good luck. Oof. 
I'm a moist gal. I'm a sweater for sure. You're a schwitzer. Yeah. yeah, massively. And, you know, the first act, all of our show's costumes are basically just carpets. They're so heavy and they're so warm. Mine specifically, because I have like a cattle neck and it's almost like felt. It's not felt. It's, it's a beautiful fabric. And if the wardrobe team is listening, I'm so sorry. It's a beautiful <laughs> costume. But it's really warm because you have the bodysuit and you have the tights and you have this frock on with a cowl oh. underneath and a jacket and a beanie on top of your wig. And the lights. And the and, lights. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You get, as you say, schwitzy real quick. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll get done because I only get really one long break in act one where I kind of can go and repaint my hands a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's always just black mascara. My <laughs> eyelids are really sweaty. I didn't know you had sweat glands on your eyelids. So I'll just have like real goth alphabet, like really black, nice. which I love. That was very me in college. Yes. I was definitely like goth alphabet through and through. Uh. But keeping it on, the green gets on things. Sure. It's all over my suitcase. It's all over my props. It's all <laughs> over the hands of the people that I touch. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you accept that the green's going to get everywhere. Just yeah. thankfully, if it's not green, like I'm green, if it's just a little smudge on someone, you can't see it from the audience perspective. But man, when I'm kissing Sam Gravit, the sweetest human being of all time, and as long as you're mine, I will pull away and his whole, he looks like he's just smushed his face into like a green cupcake. <laughs> Sometimes I'll look at it and be like, surely there can't be anything left on my face. Exactly. And there always is. There always is. Oh my it's goodness. Crazy. I love that so much. It's so wild. And then I've seen pictures of you on Instagram after you've taken the makeup off and you still have this little like green halo. You have yeah. it right now yeah. around your hairline. It's, yeah. It's just part it of you. It just stays on. Yeah. At first it can be really ostracizing and isolating, looking like you may or may not have some sort of visceral disease. We always call it like the jaundice because you just, you end up a little green-ish. Even if you get it all off, there's like a tinge, especially around like your neck because everything lays on your neck throughout sure, the show. Sure, sure. So it really just like seeps in. I'm an oily gal, so my skin's like, nim, 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 just loves it. My skin wants to eat that stuff up. After a while, you're just kind of like, it's a badge of honor. Also, we live in New York. Yes. <laughs> I live in Midtown. This is not the weirdest thing that people have seen oh, all day. definitely but not. It's certainly not the tourists that are out there on like 42nd and 7th. Oh, <laughs> like please. Times Square. Yeah. Absolutely Everybody's not. looking at like the naked cowboy. They're not yeah, worried about no, you. They're not worried about me. <laughs> but it is one of those things where I can't wash my hair every day because I have textured hair and it will dry and break. Yeah. So yeah. One of those things where you're like, do I really wash my hair every day when I know it's just going to go right back in? Yeah. Yeah. And I washed my hair yesterday and it's still... I yep. have to be really it's diligent about it. It takes you. a couple of times and it gets, it's in my ears. And Removing the green, I assume you're doing that at the theater and showering there or have special... Yes. Every girl is different because I have really sensitive skin. My post-show routine is the shower will get turned on to let it get hot. And then my sink will get turned on to let that water get hot. And I take jojoba oil because that bottom layer is water-based, but that face layer is basically it's a grease paint. And oil negates oil. So yes. getting it all off with jojoba oil, the big thick stuff that's on my face with a wet, warm washcloth is not only the most incredible thing after a show to be like, uh, to just like smack a warm washcloth after you've been through three hours of war, <laughs> swiping it all yeah. off. It's very satisfying. And then I get in the shower. Some girls just will scrub it off with a face wipe, but I will break out into hives or yeah. horrible zits if I do that. Yeah, yeah. I get in the shower and it's Dr. Bronner's. Dr. <gasps> Bronner's is what pretty much every girl 
has used amazing in the Broadway building. You should partner with them. You That's need a sponsorship. Come I on. Specifically, when I first got the role, when I started <laughs> in 2020, I was like, okay, it really gets off that water based stuff. Mm-hmm. Truly, it's almost like a magic eraser. I take my little sponge and it just goes and it's gone. It's incredible. But I was like, Mm-mm, it needs to be lavender because I need to like relax yes. after the show. So it's good for you. Me and lavender Dr. Bronner's Beautiful. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. You've heard me say that Mithras candles look and smell absolutely divine. But did you know that when you buy them, you are also supporting a small business that focuses on sustainable methods and ethical practices like environmental sustainability. Using beeswax from regional honey farms, Mithras candles support the pollinators who sustain our food systems, and beeswax is a carbon-neutral source material. Mithras also supports social change. They make monthly donations for social and environmental justice to organizations like the Xerces Society for Pollinator Conservation, the National Resources Defense Council, and the NAACP. Lastly, as if you needed even more reasons to buy Mithras candles, beeswax candles have health benefits for your body and your home too. Burning them purifies the air of dust, mold, and other pollutants, and their golden illumination allows you to do your nightly tasks without disturbing your sleep or circadian rhythms. So what are you waiting for? Buy some Mithras candles today and go to MithrasCandle.com. That's M as in magic, I-T-H-R-A-S, Candle.com. And use offer code WHICHWAVE at checkout for 15% off your first order of 2022. And be sure to follow them on Instagram at Mithras Candle. Bring Mithras candles into your life and bask in their gorgeous glow and goodness. Longtime listeners know that WitchWave is proudly supported by BetterHelp Online Therapy. And I say proudly because I am someone who has been in therapy myself since I was a teenager, and I truly cannot imagine my life being as fulfilling and stable and supported without having had someone professional to talk to about all of the ups and downs that I've encountered along the way. I'm someone who has to manage my anxiety sometimes, but whether or not that's the issue you have, life can be overwhelming for all of us, and many people are burnt out without even knowing it, especially after the last few years we've all lived through. You might be feeling lack of motivation or at times helpless or stuck. You might be experiencing feelings of fatigue or detachment or more. And guess what? So do I sometimes. When I think about the large-scale issues on a global level, on top of the personal challenges I've sometimes got going on, it's a lot that we're all carrying with us. And sometimes it makes me feel drained and depleted, and I just need a place to Put those feelings so I can move on with my day. 
Luckily, none of us has to do that work alone. And that's why we can lean on certainly our spiritual practice, but also a mental health practice that includes some form of counseling. Talking to someone who has been trained to help me sort through all of these thoughts and emotions has been a game changer for me over the years. That's why I'm so happy that BetterHelp exists, because it is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Though I'm telling you, they've seen it all, so if you need to show up unshowered in your pajamas, that's fine too. What's also great is that BetterHelp is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Best of all, Witchwave listeners get 10% off their first month of counseling by going to betterhelp.com witchwave. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash witch wave. So if you're feeling burnt out or stressed out for any reason, and I can certainly think of a few myself, I'm here to remind you to please prioritize yourself and get that extra bit of fortification and support that you need and truly deserve. So one more time, go to betterhelp.com slash witchwave and get 10% off your first month of counseling. Take good care. Today, I'm speaking with Lindsay Heather Pierce. So, Lindsay, we were talking about physically embodying Alphaba. Mm -hmm. I want to know how you manifested this for yourself. I mean, you say that you're not a witch, and we may <laughs> or may not debate that at some point. Yeah. I mean, I noticed your crescent moon tattoo. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean I, see, I see what's happening here. Yeah. I also saw on Instagram that you played this role maybe <laughs> 10 years before you got cast. I mean, it feels to me like you really manifested this for yourself in your life. Yeah, I'm sure this could be a very long answer starting with like, yes, you were born and whatever. But I'd yeah. love to hear your dream of being on Broadway yeah. and playing this role. When did that start for you? When you see the show, you'll get the playbill and it says what happened. I saw the show in San Francisco with my mom in 2009. I was about to turn 18. It was like beginning of April. And I saw Teal Wicks and Kendra Cassabom go off the and Glinda dream team icons. Mm. 
I had listened to Wicked. I was, I think I was about 12 when the album came out and I played it until that CD could no longer play any sound. Hmm. But I had sort of missed the fact that there is a f- actual flight moment <laughs> at the end of the song. I didn't know what I thought Defying Gravity was about, but I loved it. <laughs> I didn't see the Tonys, you know, I didn't see it. bootlegs weren't really a thing at the time. YouTube wasn't really a thing at the time, not like it is now. So when I saw it in San Francisco and Act One ended, I mean, I was so ripped apart. And my mom looked over at me and I think at one point she was like, are you not having a good time? Because I was sobbing, Pam. Yeah. I was bereft and I had never felt such a call before. And I'd already had those feelings of, wow, people can do this as grown adults traveling. And this is an actual career. Yeah. These people are doing this for their life. Mm -hmm. And it was so affirming and so inspiring. And my mom was like, are you okay? (laughs) And I, and I said, I said, I just, I have to do that someday. That's going to be me. That's got to be me someday. Mm-hmm. And that's in my bio because <laughs> um, it's true. It's true. I mean, this is a big manifestation and I would call it a yellow brick road. There's a lot of moments in my life where people have been like, oh, why aren't you in Wicked? Or you should really be in Wicked because I feel like anybody who can sing really loud and act pretty decently could like play Elphaba. I wouldn't call myself like an unbelievably special talent. I'm just really- Oh, stop that No, I, right no, I, now, I, I, I'm never, I'm never the person to be like, am I the best that there's ever been? No, but I am going to give you the best of me every single time. Mm. I got off of that cruise ship where I was there for almost a year. I've been Mm. traveling all over the place. I got off in Alaska, I got home to California where I'm from. And I had been given an opportunity to do another contract. And I was like, you know what? I think I want to stay home for a while. And I've been saying, you know, I really want to do a play. I really want to get back to Shakespeare because that's what I studied. And Mm. I love language. And I really wanted to get back into that. And I didn't want to sing anymore because I've been singing for like a year nonstop on a cruise ship. And I was like, I want to break. And right before I got off the cruise ship, my friend called and said, hey, I'm directing Romeo and Juliet. And we would love to play Juliet. And I was like, weird. I was just talking about this. Yes. And then two weeks after that ended, I got my Wicked audition. Was this all before you were on Glee or after? It was all after. Okay. So this was 2018 into 2019. Okay. And so November 2019, I got an audition and I went in and did one audition on a Monday and they said, can you come back on Wednesday? And was this in New York City? It was in LA. Okay. Every six months, they'll do New York City auditions, LA auditions. Sometimes I think they do auditions in Canada and Chicago, but this was just like a regular round of Wicked auditions. Who can we catalog? You know, is there anybody that's available? Just looking for new talent. Went in on a Monday, got a call back for the Wednesday. Felt really good about all of it. And I went home. This is the weekend of Thanksgiving 2019. I went home to Northern California. My parents live up in the Sierra Nevadas. And my mom and my birth mom and her husband and my dad were all together in our house. We were playing rummy. Hmm. We were playing a card game. And we were joking and joking and joking. I said, you know, I'm cold. I'm going to go get a cup of tea. So I got a cup of throat coat, <laughs> like yogi tea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have those little proverbs on the thing. And it said, you are unlimited. Ooh. I'm not kidding. And I looked and I went, shut up. That's crazy. I showed my mom and I threw it away. Now my mom, I don't think she would call herself a witch, but she's a practitioner for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. She grows herbs. She dries them. She lights candles. She has rocks. She says words over Yes. Ritual. And and she's a, my mom's a witch. Mm -hmm. And that woman in the dead of night, (laughs) probably at the witching hour, knowing her went into the trash can and dug that thing out and put it in a satchel and blessed it. I know because I could cry. 
and she held on to it and she said prayers and blessings and lit candles and put stones next to it and herbs and just kept saying like this feels I think this is supposed to be for my daughter and now I know that I did not get it because of Carol but I think she helped Mm -hmm. (laughs) thank you Carol thank you Carol so much literally like the next day I got a call of like we need to see one more time because something had happened to my audition tapes I had to get my butt back to LA early nine in the morning because it was the only time that I could be seen I had another gig I needed to be elsewhere for at like 10 30 and I thought I really bombed it I thought I did not do well and that's not just me being hard on myself it was nine in the morning it was really hard and I say everything like four or five times I think there must have been something about that audition where they were like well she can at least get this out at nine in the morning maybe (laughs) like she can do it but I thought I didn't get it and then January 2nd 2020 I got the call My friend, Alexandra Billings, who was recently our Madame Morrible, mm-hmm. I'm sober and she's a friend of mine in sobriety. And we were having a conversation God, maybe a week ago. I wasn't able to conjure any positivity about a situation in my life that I've been spiraling over. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, careful, Angel, because if there's anything that I know about you is that your ability to conjure is extremely powerful. And I was like, maybe I am a witch. Mm. Is life beginning to really imitate art right now? (laughs) Because I truly, I think the power of manifestation is really tangible. I think it's really potent. You can manifest all you want, but if there's no work behind that manifestation. Oh, for sure. Because the gifts cannot come to you if you don't create a safe space for them to enter into. That's been my experience with Wicked. And then I actually said over and over, January through mid-March, I said, I really want to do a tour next. I think after Alphaba, I think the next best thing for someone that just went through this experience at Wicked, I really want to tour. I don't want to leave. It makes me want to cry thinking about leaving New York, but I really want to do a tour. I really want to do a tour. So between the end of January and the beginning of March, I was in auditions and callbacks over and over for three different productions, two of them being a tour, and I booked a tour. <gasps> Congratulations. The day that I'm done with Wicked, my last show is Alphabet is May 22nd and my first show for the next job is the 31st of May. Wow. So I get on a plane the next day and go to that tour. Oh it's my nuts. goodness. And I was like, wow, I really said I would love this and mm-hmm. I will also put in the work to make this happen. Yes. And I was so proud of myself because I think, I think society, especially for anyone that isn't a cisgendered white male, mm-hmm. I think society really doesn't like us to be proud of ourselves for some weird reason. And if we are proud of ourselves, it's seen as like haughty or mm-hmm. egotistical or hubris. And I was like, no, wait a second. I'm playing Alphaba right now to the best of my ability. It's a hard job. I'm never going to say that I'm doing it perfectly, but I'm doing it. And I auditioned for these three shows and I booked a tour in the middle of playing this role. Yes. And I just had this moment where I was like, you know, it's amazing what you can do for yourself, for other people, for your life, for your future, when you just give yourself the benefit of the doubt. Yes. It's kind of amazing. I've never been so proud. I didn't even cry. I was like, yes, I did. Of course I did. I'm so proud of myself. It's just amazing. It's so grateful. I feel so proud of you. (laughs) We just met. That's so magnificent. Manifestation is, I feel like people really can poo-poo it. Dream your dreams. Write them down, burn them if you have to, but like write them down. And sobriety, we call it like a God box. And I don't really believe in God as like an entity, but I do believe in in energy. And I believe that there is something that eventually calls us home and that calls us outwards and there's nothing to be afraid of. And that may also be coming from a place of privilege, but I 
would write this thing down and I'd just stick it in the little box and be like, I'm just gonna let the universe handle that because I know that I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah. It's interesting to kind of walk into yourself and the deeper into the mansion of your own experience that you go, there are so many doors, there are so many corridors, there's mm-hmm. so many basements, there's so many little hallways that you don't know about. And it's amazing. It's a great experience. It's so amazing. But let's mm-hmm. also be clear that just because we manifest what we hope for or desire or Mm -hmm. feel called to doesn't mean that it's an easy road. And I know that even once you got cast in this dream role, Mm -hmm. you've had a lot of ups and downs. Hello, COVID. Yeah. Am I tracking this correctly? Mm -hmm. You were on stage for two months and then everything shut down? I was on stage for three weeks. Okay. My Fiero, Sam Gravitt, and I had principal debuts together. That was February 25th, 2020. Mm. And then we reopened September, 2021, which seems like a lifetime ago, honestly, to think about it now. By that weekend, I had fallen down twice really hard and didn't realize it until the following Tuesday. So the second week of reopening, I had to call out mid-show. I had almost torn my psoas on my left side. Oh my goodness. But I still did the Tonys. They were like, they were like, um, just for safety, like stay out for this week, but we still need you to do the Tony's thing. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. Amazing. (laughs) I'll just go be injured at the Tony's. Yeah. (laughs) But that's a lot of ups and downs, even during your dream coming true. So how did you ride those waves? Oh God, so much therapy. (laughs) So I was supposed to be out for six weeks. I'd been out for two weeks and then finally was given like six weeks of medical leave to kind of get you put back together. And then once those six weeks were up, that landed right in the Thanksgiving time mm-hmm. frame because they were doing the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with Wicked. There was no time to rehearse me and put me back in the show. So they were like, we just need two more weeks. So I was out for almost 10 freaking weeks. It was horrible or almost 11. First of all, what did you do during the pandemic? Because so my husband's a playwright yeah. and the heartbreak of theater just grinding to a halt him and all of our friends and community. I mean, it it was devastating. Yeah. And I know that COVID has been devastating for Mm -hmm. bigger reasons. And of course, but this is also a reason that really was a heartbreak and people's livelihoods grinding to a halt. Yeah. So what did you do during the pandemic? And what do you do on your time off when you're recuperating? Yeah. During the pandemic, I taught a lot. I was in a relationship at the time that I'm no longer in, but we spent a lot of time together. And that was a really nice time of getting to know myself even better through a relationship that was eventually going to end. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I learned so much about myself. Holy cow, Mm -hmm. all the good and bad. I taught a lot, which was really nice. It was nice to teach kids who were also aching and missing theater. And are you teaching singing or what 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 are yeah, you teaching? Some students, just the younger ones, I feel comfortable like helping them with voice stuff. I'm not qualified to teach voice, mm-hmm. but for 12-year-olds, I'm like, this is your diaphragm and this is how you breathe. Wow. And it's a little more rudimentary. Mm-hmm. I could cry thinking about it. These kids just wanted time to sing and to work and to improve. And they wanted to know that every Wednesday at this time they could get on Zoom and their friend Lindsay would be able to just give them an hour of her time and I learned a lot as a performer myself, going back to the basics in practice, going back to the basics. Sometimes you forget about it. 
So oh, going yeah. back to those basics reminded me a lot about, oh God, am I shifting my weight yes. from foot to foot while I sing? Or do I have like a tick where I'm like scratching my shoulder because I don't know what my body's doing? <laughs> am I breathing? Am I, am I looking at the ground where I need to be looking up? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of that. It's amazing how it felt like no time at all. And yet years and years and years stuffed into a year and a half, almost oh. two years of time. I did learn that time is silly. Yeah. <laughs> time doesn't mean anything. It's a mush. Yeah. I'm grateful to have my life. I got COVID at the height of the pandemic. I got COVID mm. right when I got back to Wicked. Ugh, and after my injury, I, Lindsay. You know, Broadway community was hit so hard during of the holidays. Course, of course. I got it. I mean, we all got it pretty much. It was rough. What this time has kind of taught me the most is patience <laughs> and curiosity when I'm feeling something to be curious about those feelings rather than being like, no, shut them down. Mm -hmm. I think everything can be informative if you allow it to be. That's something that I'm trying to take away from these past like nearly three years of my time. And so to give you an example, when I got Wicked, I was 28. And when I leave Wicked, I'll be 31. I'll be 31 on the 30th of this month. Mm -hmm. People that are either in their late 30s, maybe 40s or even older will always be like, oh, pff, like that's not. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. 28 to 31 were extremely formative years for mm -hmm. me. The past four years have been extremely formative for me. I feel like I finally began to truly grow into who I am as a person. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> Has there been a lot to learn, honey? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. On that note, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Are you a witch longing for more purpose, connection, and magic in your life, yet you feel unsure where to begin? Jessica Globe is a life coach who guides witches, muggles, and creative folks to break the spell of limiting beliefs, embody their true, wild nature, and uncover what really matters in their life. Witchwave listeners receive a special discounted rate when they visit jessicaglobecoaching.com slash witch. That's jessica, G-L-O-B-E, coaching.com slash witch. While you're there, you can schedule a free consultation call with Jessica to see if coaching is right for you. So go ahead to jessicaglobecoaching.com slash witch to get the discount and schedule a free consultation. The Path 365, Daily Direction for Ladies and Mothers, Witches and Others, is a book that allows you to open your mind, body, and spirit to a path that is uniquely yours. As a gateway spirituality guide, it weaves coping mechanisms identified in neuroscience and mental health that address mind, body, and spirit, and incorporates them into an easy-to-read daily guide. Author Susie Newell received her doctorate from the University of Cincinnati with a focus on coping mechanisms. This book gently encourages people to open their mind to a spiritual path that feels right for them. Like a daily oracle read for the soul, The Path 365 takes you through a journey of positive self-discovery and encourages you to incorporate your practice into every aspect of your being. Whether you have a solid spiritual practice already or are exploring your options, The Path 365 is a unique guide to creating a path of your own. Visit them at the Path 
365.com for ordering options. And be sure to use code WITCHWAVE for free shipping. And you can give The Path 365 a follow on your favorite social media platform. We are all in this thing together. Create a path that works for you. Would you like even more Witch Wave? Then come join us on Patreon, where you'll get bi-weekly bonus Witch Wave Plus episodes, ad-free Witch Wave episodes, and detailed show notes for all. Rewards also include magical merch and giveaways, early heads up about my workshops before they sell out, and all backers get access to our exclusive digital coven, where I lead monthly rituals and video chats, and where you can connect to a community of other wonderful witches. So head on over to patreon.com witchwave and sign up. It's a fabulous way to get more magic in your life and to support the show. Thanks so much. Been changed for the better, and because I knew you, because I knew you, because I knew you. back to the witch wave today i'm speaking with lindsay heather pierce so lindsay something i have been really excited to talk to you about is the notion of slaying your demons not your Mm -hmm. demons one's demons Mm -hmm. of insecurity and self-doubt i have to imagine that for all of your positivity you've had moments of can I do this? Or Mm -hmm. opening night, you know, the first time you're stepping on that stage, let alone all of the other demons that one has to slay when one has to constantly be looked at and performing Mm -hmm. in front of other people and trying to live up to one's big dream. I'm projecting here. Maybe you don't feel any of those things. I'd love to hear what that brings up for you. I do feel all of those things. I felt all of those things yesterday when my allergies and my ENT were like, don't do the show tonight. I was like, but I want to do the show. (laughs) Who am I if I can't perform? That's really where my mind goes. Like we were talking about earlier with the pandemic, it was like, oh God, how much worth have we put into these things that we have so little control over? Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to insecurity or self-worth or self-doubt or the very rickety bridge that is self-image, I think the best way to combat it is to be real about it online isn't real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The online world isn't real. It's fake. And of course you say that, and then someone makes a very serious post about taking their own life, wanting this or wanting that, or being depressed or being bullied, racial discrimination. And people are like, okay, that's a little too much sharing. Like if you could actually just scrub that away and make it nice and shiny for me to be able to digest, that would be great. I think that's the darker side of social media, but we're just like everybody else. We've agreed to be in a position where there is a specific amount of spotlight on us. You are literally (laughs) in the spotlight as a star of a Broadway show. That is your life right now. 
Yeah. And with that position can come quite a lot of responsibility. And I get that. But I think also Britney Spears did this once in an interview, because I love me some Britney Spears, (laughs) where someone was like, don't you think that your image and you dressing a certain way and singing about these things, you have a responsibility to these like children that look up to you? And she was like, no, because they're not my children. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, that is so (laughs) radical. Like that's because she's right. Yeah. The fact of the matter is like, yes, of course I take my presence as a human being in this world very seriously. But like I said earlier, I think that the only way to truly reach people is to be real about what you're going through, whether that's on a public platform, whether that's me entering my dressing room and being like, it is not a good day today, guys. And this is why. Yeah. Because then they're like, I'm so glad you said that because I'm also having a bad day. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm also going through this. Yeah. I just think ability to be real in a world mm-hmm. where everything is in a little box that lasts 30 seconds on TikTok. I really gravitate towards things that last a little longer than that. Yeah. You posted something on Instagram recently. It was you in your underwear. Yes. And it was a post about body image. And I mm-hmm. so appreciated it. And frankly, mm-hmm. I needed to hear it that day. I think I might have even messaged you about it. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you and what made you want to share that particular picture of yourself? I wanted to share that picture because I didn't feel good about my body that day. Right in front of this mirror, I was walking around these big old windows. And, you know, when you live in New York City, you're just going to eventually see somebody in their underwear naked out your (laughs) windows. That's just the way it is. Inevitable. Inevitable. It's kind of like a rite of passage, a real petri dish of human beings. And I was just walking (laughs) around, you know, just kind of getting along with my day. And I just felt the word schlubby kept coming into my mind. (laughs) Schlubby isn't just a physical thing. That's mind, body, spirit. That's like, <laughs> I was schlubbing. Yeah. I felt so schlubby. And then I looked in the mirror and I was like, I don't see anything wrong. I don't see anything wrong with my body. And granted, I am a smaller body. I carry around a privilege of being a mid-sized to smaller sized person, but I don't have abs. I've got cellulite. I've got a big butt. I'm what the fashion industry likes to call a pear-shaped because apparently like all we are is comparable to fruit. Produce. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Produce. In, I'm in yeah. that boat too. Like, cool, cool, cool. Thanks so much. Pears are delicious though. So whatever. <laughs> but yeah, the reason I posted it was because I felt bad about myself that day. I had a lot of people message me saying, thank you. I've never seen my body posted before. So many people were like, that's my body, which that just goes to show it is so normal (laughs) to have a human body. And the amount of people that were like, you're so brave. I was like, brave for existing. (laughs) Which is also like a weird backhanded compliment. They didn't think it was. Or people were like, you're so hot. Don't worry about it. And I was like, I never said I wasn't hot. Yeah. Nothing about this said I wasn't. I know I'm beautiful because I work at it because I also know who I am. Right. Literally the least fun, interesting, cool thing about me is my body. (laughs) But perception and being perceived, people are obsessed with body and that's the protection of their own issues. But I posted it because I was like, I feel like shit today. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry for cussing, but like, I felt like crap. And I was like, no, why? Yeah. And also looking at my body, I was like, oh my gosh, trigger warning. This is a body I used to starve. This is a body I used to harm. This is a body that used to get blackout drunk on alcohol and drugs and do terrible things. Like this is a body that's been through so much and she's still here and she's so gorgeous. And she literally flies 
Why? You get to fly, Lindsay. Every day. Oh, how incredible. Well, I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable about that because it's not often that I see someone with my body type and body shape that is sharing about it. You know, I'm not built like Charlize Theron. Frankly, so few of us are. No. It still just gave me just like a little jolt of of joy and knowing that you're just like slaying it (laughs) literally as like the raddest witch on Broadway. It's just there's enough space for all of us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, you have some historical moments of Wicked that have happened recently. You were in the 7,000th performance of this show. Isn't that wild? It's oh amazing. God. I also want to talk about your Glinda, who's in the show right now. Yes. Which... Frankly, I wish it hadn't taken this long, but yes. she is the first Black Glinda. This is Brittany Johnson. So mm-hmm. what has that experience been like performing with Brittany as your, your co-captain, your co-pilot? Brittany feels like home to me on a personal level because when I was rehearsing to be in the show, I rehearsed for four weeks back in January and February in 2020. And when you're in rehearsals, you don't often get your principal cast to rehearse with you because they're in performance in the evening. They have the standbys and the understudies rehearsed with you. So I rehearsed pretty exclusively with Brittany. So the genetic makeup of my show is sort of formed around Brittany. Was she an understudy at first? She was the Glinda standby. Oh, I Brittany see. started in the ensemble in an ensemble track that was also a Glinda understudy. And then she was bumped up to standby and now she's principal. Ah. I had the great pleasure of rehearsing with her a lot. When the pandemic happened, Glinda at the time was out of the show filming a movie in Florida. So my last two weeks were with Brittany. So there's kind of almost this like imprint in my system of Brittany being my Glinda. Mm -hmm. That's not to say all the other Glindas that I've been lucky enough to perform with. I've performed with, I think like four or five of them now. Wow. They're amazing. Amanda Jane Cooper, Jenna Claire Mason, Allie Trim, Celia Hodgson, unbelievable, amazing Glindas and Brittany Johnson. And Brittany just is her. It's Mm. kind of amazing. And she plays it in a way that no one else could play it because they're not Brittany Johnson. Mm -hmm. It's not a basis for comparison. She just is such a good actress. Oh my God, she's so good. And she just brings something to the role that obviously has never been brought to it before because she's the first. Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. I have to say that one of the things I've always loved about Wicked is as much as I love the love story, like for me, the love story is between Alphaba and Glinda. I mean, and their friendship and the ups and downs. I mean, it changes a lot over the course of the show, but it is so beautiful. And of course, I mean, that amazing duet that you have, like I could cry just thinking about it. So the fact that you have a Glinda, that you have that palpable chemistry and obvious like love and admiration for, just, ah, that just sounds like such an amazing thing to witness. So folks, if you're listening and if you can get tickets, what is it before the May 22nd is your last show? May 22nd is my last one, but I think Brittany's on through November. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, Lindsay, this has been such a wickedly delicious honor. I am so thrilled that we got to spend some time together. Is there anything else that you want to mention before you fly off into the night? Oh, gosh, I don't think so. Just for anyone listening that feels like you're in 
any kind of rut or any kind of stalemate with yourself, just please be curious. It will pass. Be curious, be curious, be curious, and be open to possibility. Mm, love that. Lindsay, thank you so much. Have a fabulous show tonight. Break a broom. Oh and, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> and hopefully we'll get to see each other again someday. Thank you. Oh my gosh, this is the best. Thank you so much. That's it for the show. Thank you again to Lindsay Heather Pierce for sharing her musical manifestations with me. Do you have questions, feedback, need some witchly advice, or just want to share something magical that happened to you recently? Drop us an email at witchwavepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and you just might make it on the Witch Wire. The Witch Wave is a phantasmophile production written and produced by me, Pam Grossman. This episode was recorded and edited by Josh Wilcox and myself. Our theme music is the song Hand and Eye by Lycanthia. Special thanks go to Matt Freeman, Laura Antal, and Cece Pascal. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website and now by Witchwave merch at witchwavepodcast.com. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and give us lots of sparkly stars. It really, truly makes a difference and helps other people find the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WitchwavePod, and you can check out my witch emoji for iPhone by going to witchemoji.com or downloading it in the App Store. Please consider ordering my book, Witchcraft, or picking up my book, Waking the Witch, which is available everywhere now. And if you want more Witchwave or you would just like to support the show, please join us over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash witchwave. Thank you so much for listening. Witches are the future. I'll catch you next time on The Witch Wave. <laughs>